and they can start the party at Scotland. That's a brilliant goal from Gary Jones. And Henderson, oh, what a goal! Oh, he's drilled home by Steve Davis. Here, then he comes Matheson. Oh, he's gone! And now it's Johnson. That is a hugely important goal, which may just keep Rochdale in League One. Hello and welcome to the RochdaleAFC.com podcast. We are back. After a bit of an enforced break, we can only apologise for that. Um, but the good news is we're back once again and I am joined by Chaff as always. Chaff, how are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Good stuff. Luke's with us as well. Luke, how are you? I'm good, thank you, mate. And Rai, how are you getting on, mate? Yeah, really good, thank you, mate. Good stuff. So, um, yeah, it's been quite a long time since we got uh, got together and chatted through a few demo results, so... Um, rather than focusing on any particular games since I think there's been like seven or eight since the last time we spoke, we're just going to go through a few different um, talking points. Uh, Dale have finally kind of secured the League Two status for next season. I think there were a few wobbles along the way, it's fair to say, but they've got over the line now with a couple of games to spare. Chaff, I want to come to you first. Is it more luck, more luck than quality, do you think, in terms of how bad the teams below us have been? I mean, Scunthorpe have been a write-off for a while, or is that unfair? Because at home, at least, there have been some improved performances of late. Um, it depends what the what the overall aim is, because we've got 50 points regardless of how shit everybody else is, um, is what I'd say. It's not been brilliant, but at the same time, it's not that much more than what, or more less than what I expected. Um, the performances are potentially, but results-wise, I don't think it's been a disastrous recent form at all. So, yeah, we we have been helped out by Scunthorpe being practically down by about February. Um, Oldham's Shez erection part. 7,000 has, has evidently not worked. And yeah, the likes of Stevenage and other teams around them changing the manager probably a bit late to be able to have a real impact. Um, so yeah, we've yeah, it's it, 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 we've done all right, we've not done brilliantly. Um, our record against the, these bottom teams is awful, let it be said, but we've done enough, I think. Yeah, Luke, where do you stand on this one? Because um, I think we all knew it was going to be a, a pretty severe drop in quality this season, but I've been surprised by just how severe that drop has been, if I'm honest with you. I think the only team that I can really say has looked like a potential promotion candidate against us has been Forest Green, who looked like they're going to storm to the title. Um, so does that kind of take the shine off the achievements that we've had this season in terms of you know being able to stay clear of the relegation fight despite everything that's gone on off the field? Um, <clears throat> I felt as though we were in a relegation fight at one point, if rewinding a, a month or so ago. Um, but it's it, it's a dead weird one and kind of like, I'm contradicting myself here to a certain extent because if you said, you know, you'd finish around 15th at the start of the season, would you take that? given everything that had gone on and what have you, um, I probably would have done and said, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd take that. You know, I think I used the words or the phrase of, you know, con- you know, a need for consolidation this season and then and then kind of going at it and going again um, with a bit more security off the pitch. Um, 
you know, going again for it next season. So I probably would have taken it, but it's the manner in which we've kind of got to the point that we're, that we now are. Um, and, and it's that that's disappointed me because it's felt as though kind of early on in the season, I kind of thought as though we were, we, we weren't far off. We, we, we weren't far off from being a decent team. And there was just, you know, one or two tweaks that may have just been needed to kind of push on and, you know, turn those narrow defeats or draws into into more points, really. But as the season's kind of developed, I've just kind of felt as though we've just got worse and worse and worse. The football's got just, you know, I, the, the stats were flying about, weren't they? Were unexpected goals and all that lot. And, you know, I did think there was an element of, of truth that sat behind that. It didn't feel like we were a million miles away, but I imagine even the stats have kind of really dried up because... I've just found myself get a bit fed up with just not enjoying it and not being able to kind of get behind anything at all, really, over the last kind of couple of months. And um, I look at the league table and it's just kind of the way I feel about the team and the way we've been doesn't necessarily kind of reflect a, a team that sits, what are we, 15 for something like that at the minute in the league. So it's a bit weird and, you know, you can argue it's a little bit fickle if at the start of the season I would have taken this, but there's a lot to be said for the manner in which you achieve where you where you end up and where you are. And I just think we've let ourselves down a hell of a lot in in kind of basically since January. I, I kind of felt as though it's turned a bit and um, I've kind of, kind of found, found myself disliking, disliking the team a little, you know, disliking the team that I support and it's not always the... You know, I don't want to be in that position. You know, as a fan, we should always be first and foremost getting behind the team, and I'll always do that on a match day. But when it comes to sharing your opinion amongst a group of friends or sharing an opinion, you know, with the with the guy next to you in, in in the stand, I just don't feel like we've been anywhere near good enough um, to make me feel excited for the future. Yeah, right. And is that? I think it's fair to say that is a view that you share. I think I don't think that's any secret. But what have been the kind of main frustrations for you this season? Because I think I think it's fair to say your expectations were a little bit higher. So I don't think I don't think it's hypocritical for you to to be um, kind of disappointed with the way the season's gone. But what have been the main frustrations for you as the, as the campaign's gone on? The main frustration is absolutely the way we've played, um, or the way we've not played. Um, even now after the recent run of half-decent results we've got, I still don't see an identity. I don't know what the plan is with the ball. I don't know what style he wants to play. Even, you know, first half against Hartlepool, we'll come on, we'll, well, we probably won't come on to it, but it was absolutely awful. And we were playing long ball up to a front three of Matt Dawn, Connor Grant and Charman, and it was just like, well, You've got a six foot nine monster on the bench. You were play him if you want to play a long ball. Um, so and then sort of you know, it's just been boring. And I think even last season I said, you know, results. Yeah, of course they matter as a fan, as a player, as a manager, as a director, as anybody involved in a football club. Of course they matter. But for me to want to turn up on a match day, and I'm sure it's the same for other people. You've got to enjoy um, your time and your experience. And 
can probably count on one hand how many times I've enjoyed the football this season. And I think I said to you lot, it might have been at the weekend or it might have been in a group or something, but I'm getting home and seeing like my missus has been out, you know, in the countryside and walking and doing actually good stuff. And I get home from football, I'm jealous because I come home in a mood and she's eyes a kite because she's, you know, done something with a day. And I'm almost just sick of morning. I, I sit there and half time most games, me and my dad just look at each other and go, like, what the fuck was that? Because <laughs> it's been all, and it, it, you know, I think I said about 10th, 11th is what I sort of wanted and expected. So we're not a million miles from that now, being 15th. But it's almost irrelevant to me that because it's been crap and almost making me question what I want to do on my Saturdays next year. Because I don't see any fighting with players either. Like, we're not playing good football, but we don't look arsed either. So it's like, well, what are we? And we've said it on numerous occasions in the group. I just don't know what we are. I don't know where we're going as a football club. We've not had an academy graduate in the squad since Morley left, I don't think. I might be wrong. It might be once or twice. As a club that wants to bring through youth players, that's pretty damning. So we're evidently not a club that wants to bring players through now. So I just don't really... I don't know what the strategy is or where we're going at all. Yeah, I think that's something I said, isn't it, at half-time on, on Saturday, kind of where, what is this team trying to do at the moment? But I think that was, from my point of view, probably in the heat of of what was a pretty awful first-half performance. And Chaff, I'm going to come to you for a bit of positivity, which is something I would definitely not have said 12 months ago. But... Um, it, it, there's been some decent home performances of late, certainly improved home performances. I think the win against Carlisle stood out for me as kind of what I was expecting this season, which was maybe us to be lacking quality, but not to be lacking in fight. And I thought we battled hard, especially in the first half. And then I thought the same again against Hartlepool on Saturday. So there are signs of life there, aren't there, in those performances? There are. Um yeah, it's it's been few and far between the the good moments, I would say. Um, and this is, I'm I'm probably one of the most positive out of us lot um, regarding this season and, and where we're heading and stuff like that. We just struggle to seem to to put two good halves of football together. I think um, I think it's been too often where we've had awful, and I mean awful halves. And then come out better second half, and either snuck a draw or um, or, or, or beaten teams like we did Hartlepool on um, Easter Monday. Um, we were awful first half, and miles miles better second half, and fully deserved the win in the end. Um, so there are glimpses. I think it was always going to be hard um, post January when you lose your top goal scorer and your vice captain and one of your, your key playmakers. And we've replaced those with players that are not necessarily for this season, uh, but for next season and beyond. I can see Ryan's already rolling his eyes. Um, and I think this whole season has just been a, a 
a case of stopping the the, the downward spiral before we head back up. Um, staying up was always the the one goal from it. Um, with a, a with a, an aim to build on that going forward, and you just want progression. Um, and I think we'll get it. I really do. Um, I know I'm in a, a minority, especially with us lot in that. Um, I think it's taken longer for the new signings in January to gel than what people, myself included, expected. Um, I didn't expect Luke Charman to play, what was it, 15 games most of them sub appearances at this point, I expected him to be able to come in and after maybe three or four weeks be our starting number nine. That's not materialised. It's taken longer than what people thought. Um, the point about not bringing youth through that Ryan's mentioned is a good one because um, I think it was in the, the, the trust questions. I don't know who asked it, but it was, I think the Bradford game earlier this year was the first time in God knows how long, I can't remember what the stat was, but since we've had an academy graduate in the squad, I know we've had a couple, a, a few more recently, um, goalkeepers, and I think Jordan Scanlon's at least travelled down with the squad. Ethan Briley's been on a couple of suspensions before he was sent out on loan. Um, but I don't think it's a case of we, we don't prioritise youth at all. I just think that the physical element of League Two um, has outweighed the the skillful element, and that's different to League One, where you could the likes of Ethan Briley could get cameo appearances, um, you get more time on the ball, and I don't think that's that would would have suited him this season. Um, I think next season it, it, it will, because I think he'll be better for playing men's football. I think he'll be further on in his development, and we've offered a pro contract to a 15-year-old today. Um, and that that to me tells you that, that youth is very is still very much a, an important aspect of the of the football club. It always will be. Um, just because it's not been forthcoming in match day squads this season doesn't mean it's not important. Um and yeah, I'm I, I'm a lot more positive than than what you lads are for for next season. I think once we've had another summer uh, where we can get rid of players that we don't think deserve to to be here that have been here previously. I'm thinking Matt Dawn. I'm thinking Dooley. I'm thinking the goalkeepers, um, potentially even Alex Newby. Um, and and he brings in his own players and puts his own real stamp on it then I, th- I think we'll be better for it. Um, I think it requires patience. Um, and, yeah, I know, there's, I know it's in short supply. I think to argue the point on physicality, I suppose, is Briley's got a few inches on Liam Kelly in particular. And I'm not having, he couldn't have had game time when Robbie Stockdale's version of a, you know, strong physical team as a midfield four of Newby, was it Dooley, Kelly and Grant might have been Broadbent instead. So it, 
let's be honest, like he could have got game time if he wanted him to. Um, and in regard to Stockdale putting his own stamp on things, what is his stamp? Like, I don't know what he's, I still don't know what his style of football is. It's not been evidenced to like, I don't understand where the excitement can come from about him putting his own stamp on a team when we don't know what his stamp is. No, I was just going to say as well, just to point on Briley, he, he didn't get his opportunity in the um, Johnson's paint games either. He, he chose to play the squad players because we've definitely gone with a bigger squad this season. Um, arguably in seasons gone by, having a small squad has cost us a little bit when we've had injuries to, to the starting eleven. Um, so I can see why we've gone with a bigger squad, but he's not even trusted him in the um, the Johnson's paint games, and that that, that I, I don't think he played anyway. Um, that that kind of worried me a little bit at the time because hearing the noise on kind of the impressions that Briley was was making, um, I thought we'd at least see him in those fixtures, but he was just on the bench. Um, I think he may I, I do recall him coming on once, but that was it as a sub. Um, and again, probably the 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 better end the men's football, he may be better off for it. But you know, he's he's played a handful of games. I don't I don't see development accelerating by so much through through that kind of exposure. Really, for me, he probably would have been better off playing for spending more all season if that was the case, where you truly get that development of playing men's football because he's he's had next to no input uh, this season and. It'll be interesting. I, I do wonder why that is. You know, th- there's always a flip side to it, and the flip side might well be that he's not ready or good enough. Uh, and maybe we've been influenced by the fact that there's been interest from other clubs in seasons gone by. Maybe influenced by the fact that we did previously have a manager who very much bought into giving youth players a chance. Um, you know, and therefore would give you younger players debuts earlier on in the in their development. But um, but yeah, I mean that's something that I think we've all been a little bit concerned with around, you know, um, the youth and understanding the philosophy as a club. Because I think as a manager, in a results-driven business, you kind of um, you got probably you know it's that temptation to look out for number one and job security and, and getting results versus giving players like Bradley that opportunity, um, you know, and potentially weakening the team even. You potentially weaken the team by putting someone like that in, in, into the mix, but with the longer-term plan of, actually, we will be better off for it, and then the even longer-term plan of, now we've got ourselves a sellable asset. I don't know where our next sellable asset is outside of maybe Conor Grant. I don't know where our next sellable sellable one is. So, yeah. The one, I'd, I'd, I agree with the criticism about not using those younger players in the Johnston's paint trophy, that's annoyed me as well, to be fair. I think the thinking behind it, and I don't want to sort of put words in the manager's mouth here, but I think some of the fringe players that we had in on loan, who we thought were going to have more of an impact on the league season, weren't getting as much game time. And I think that's what he was trying to do. The likes of, I'm thinking the likes of Broadbent, Josh Andrews, etc., playing rather than the likes of maybe Peter Thomas or Ethan Briley or Jordan Scanlon. Um, so I think that's probably the thinking, but it's not the way I would have done it. I think that the Johnston's paint trophy has been a very useful tool for us. Um, in the past, we wouldn't have sold the likes of Dan Adzed, um, Luke Matheson, um, maybe even Jamie Allen without the, without the 
the Johnston's Bank Trophy or whatever it's called these days, Papa John's Trophy. Um, so I think it's a vital tool for us to to use to be able to to blood in these these, these youngsters that are, that are on the that are doing well in the in the academy. Um, and I don't think we've used it to its full potential at all this season. And that's the one criticism that I have on that. Um, go back to Ryan's point about Briley. I, I see Briley as being a lot less physical than than the players he mentioned. Um, agreed, Liam Kelly's not a, not a big lad, but he's a he's, he's a strong lad. He's well built. He's also got on hundreds of football league games behind him as well. Um, and yeah, I think next season, I think we'll we'll see quite a bit more come through. Um, at least get some game time. Um, we might even see it before the end of the season because obviously he said that we're probably looking to recall Ethan Briley. Um, but yeah, that my, my my criticism of the of him not using the Johnson as paint trophies. Um, yeah, it's the same as yours, Luke. It's a it's a very valid point, I think. Yeah, I'm by no means saying he's a physical player, but if we're gonna go off men's football and say that that's a worry, he's played more men's football than Cashman, Broadbent, Dorset, there'll be others, Andrews, and whilst yeah, Dorset and Andrews are physical specimens, you can't hide behind the men's football because he's played much more than all four of those. Uh, just, I think one point which I think we need to take into consideration here with Stockdale, which probably hasn't been the case with other managers in the past because they've felt a little bit more secure, is that playing youth players is a gamble and it's why we don't see many players come through at the top tier because managers know that a few bad results and they're, they're under pressure. And I think maybe with Stockdale, there's an element of this being his first job. And him, I mean, let's be clear, after Rochdale, there's not that you can't drop down too many places while still maintaining a, a full-time managerial position. So I think there's probably pressure on results there for him that maybe BBM didn't feel. Well, BBM often said it wasn't about results, so definitely didn't feel. I think Keyfield probably didn't feel it because he probably felt secure at the club, uh, given his longevity and his status within the fans. Um, and just just a point on Broadvent because he got mentioned a minute ago. I think. I think it was you, Chaff, who said the reason that we brought him in in January was, or brought him back in January rather, was with Morley leaving, it felt like Stockdale maybe needed someone in the midfield that he trusted and knew straight away as a, as a replacement. And we haven't seen that. He's not been good enough. Um, I think that decision in January is one of Stockdale's worst because it, in the end we didn't sign another midfielder and it's it's left us with a pretty massive Morley-shaped hole in midfield for the for the rest of the season. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, apart on Aaron Marley, um, and this applies to Ethan Briley again, um, Aaron Marley stepped into the, the first team and then had zero appearances the next season and then came back and pretty much turned into the, the, the player that we've just sold for a lot of money. So I'm not too worried about Ethan Briley uh, not, not playing. It's annoyed me that he's not played more than he has but I'm not overly worried about it um, my point about Broadbent was that I think he's out of contract at Sheffield United um, Stockdale said when he signed him 
um, in the summer that he was a, a, a player he, he really liked. We'd be excited by him. Um, it's evidently not materialised because he's miles away from, from being good enough. Um, he's been very poor. Uh, and I think we probably extended his loan with a view to him getting more games and potentially sort of joining us on a free in the in the summer. I think that was probably the the end game with that. And I really don't want that because I don't think he's anywhere near good enough, unfortunately. But that, I think that's what my thought process was at the time in January when we extended his loan um, was was probably to to keep him from going elsewhere and wanting to sign elsewhere. Um, but yeah, it's just it's not worked, has it? We 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 are light in midfield, unfortunately. That is the the one area of weakness um, highlighted by the fact that we've played um, Owen O'Connell there the last couple of games because we, we're just not physical enough in the midfield. Yeah, I think I think that's a, a very valid point. Um, I think the the first priority for me in, in the summer, presuming. Well, I mean, the first priority will be defence because we won't have any defenders left, but but finding a Morley replacement is something that we failed to do in January. In hindsight, I don't think any of us felt like it was something <clears> we needed specifically in January. I don't remember us speaking about it that much, but in hindsight, I think that's what's let us down as much in terms of the chances or lack of chances we've created this season. And Luke, I think talking of kind of <laughs> a lack of chances created, I mean, we've touched on a few better performances at home recently. Um, away from home, it has been abject. I think it's fair to say our, our last five away games, we scored one goal. Um, we got no points, and to be honest, I didn't see the Orient game, but I was at all four of the others, and all four felt pretty spineless and followed a similar pattern. And I just wonder if you have any sort of ideas as to why we seem to be so fearful away from home at the moment. I think for just like for what it's worth, that second half at late in Orient was arguably the most spineless kind of forty-five of the lot. Um, that second half was probably a bit of a turning point in in kind of how I feel, felt and feel about things, really. But um, what do you put it down to? Um, I've, I've said it a few times. I think I think kind of there's there's a distinct lack of personality in the team and character. I don't sense. I don't sense that there's that kind of um, there's many characters in the team. It, it just kind of senses like you know the way in which we've played when we have struggled has been quite passive, and you know when in the performances where we've done all right of late, I wouldn't say we've been amazing, but there's been a marked uplift in actual just kind of drive and getting about and getting at it, and you know really in fairness, I'm sure the manager would kind of suggest that that is just a given. That, that should just be given and, and you build on top of that. But when you're noticing varying levels of actual output, you know, from a, from a running perspective and, and hard running at that and, and getting in the faces of the opposition, it's that inconsistency that I really dislike. And I think, I think it just comes down to, yeah, it just, you know, I can't definitively say that the players don't care. I think that that'd be wrong because you don't like. We don't know the players. We don't know kind of what the dressing room is is like. But I can kind of compare it to how it's felt supporting teams in recent years, 
where there's just more of a general likability towards individual players and overall how we were as a team. It felt like you could relate to those teams. I or me personally could relate to those teams a hell of a lot more. And I'm even talking about the team that got relegated from League One. I could relate to those players and and the way they played and and the likability factor of of that team and those players a hell of a lot more than this team. You know, and I could say, you know, the there's players that Stockdale's that, that has brought in that look like decent players. You know, Campbell, for example, looks like a decent player. Um, I don't mean to pick him out as, as such because there's a few, but I just don't get I just don't get a, a vibe of, of 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 like character. And I think that's needed to be a successful football team. You need to have a strong changing room. Um, you know, and a strong core personality of, of what you're about and you need to be in it together. You know, the, being part of a team is what comes first and foremost and then the ability, the tactics, you know, all of that lot is secondary, isn't it? And, you know, probably when you look at the most successful teams at the end of a the season, they're the teams who do have ability and whatnot, but it's based on a foundation of hard work and, you know, solidarity. And I just don't think we've got it. And I don't, I, 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 sorry. I just don't sense we've got it. And, you know, you could argue you need more character and you need more of a backbone about you when you're playing away from home because the odds are a little bit more against you. It's You know, you're against a, a home crowd. You're against a team that probably has got more emphasis on being on the front foot. So you probably do have to depend, defend a bit more, you know, you've, and, and, you know, you've got to kind of stay in games and whatnot. And I don't think we've had that ability um, to, to do that away from home of late. Um, and yeah, if I'm going to put it down to anything, it, it, it comes down to questioning the, the character of the team and, and, and the, the backroom staff to a certain extent, because, you know, they're the ones that are responsible. Well, Ryan, I think everyone's kind of expecting a, an overall in the squad this summer. Um, and hopefully, you know, that kind of thing will be addressed. I think in terms of quality, that's needed. But I agree massively with Luke in terms of a lack of kind of character in this team. And yeah, I'm just wondering, kind of looking at it now, which of the players would you actually be bothered about us keeping for next season? I mean, I think all of us here would offer O'Connell a deal for starters, but that seems unlikely that he'll stay. So you wonder which players you'd actually be bothered about still being here next season, really. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I can't remember seeing my list, but I can, I can semi-remember it. I think O'Connell's the only one I'd be upset at losing. Um, there's probably a couple I'd keep just because I don't really trust his recruitment. So the likes of O'Keefe and Clark I'd probably offer because I don't trust him to find a better option. Um, but if I saw a release list that had all of them releasing O'Connell was staying, I'd be relatively pleased. Um, at the same time, if I saw everyone had, a bit, had signed a deal and O'Connell hadn't, I'd be pretty upset. So it's really it's tough. There's a couple of good characters. I'd like McNulty to stay in some way. Um, to be fair, he played, he played really well on, on Monday. Um, I'm not saying I'd keep him as a player by any stretch of imagination, but we are going to be light on centre-backs um, and he wants three of them, evidently. Um, apart from that, I'm struggling a bit. Thing is, there, though, we're losing characters, aren't we? You know, you look at O'Connell's our captain and 
despite what some people say, <laughs> he, he does give a shit. Um, I think that was proven by his celebration. Um, Dawn, you'd imagine, is a really good character. I, I know he's lost, he's lost what he was as a player, but I'd imagine he's a character behind the scenes. Um, so that's two, possibly three in McNulty, really good characters around the building that are going. And then you probably don't have any, um, particularly with Downing going as well. Um, so I'm not sure. Is Lynch out of contract? I toy with offering him one. I think he's, I think he's done all right in the latter part of his season. He did the same. He did the same last season, though. Don't forget, his best spell of form came as his contract was running out. Yeah. Um. Whether be, if we can get a better goalkeeper, obviously get a better goalkeeper. But I think he's a decent number two. And from what I've seen of Wade in friendlies and what have you, I think he's better than Brad Wade is. Um. So. Yeah, I'd be keeping Lynch and O'Connell, and aside from that, get rid of a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't dis, I don't disagree. I think I, I'd keep Lynch yeah, as a backup, and I, I personally would offer Corey another deal. I know people haven't been too happy with him in the second half of the season, but there's a player there. Um, the rest of them, I'm not convinced there is. Uh, you mentioned Clark as maybe, you know, don't trust them to find anyone better than him. Nah, I'm not convinced by him whatsoever. I think he had a decent game on Monday, but. I've seen a lot more poor poor performances from him than I have good ones. Um, and yeah, I just think there's a lot of trust that needs clearing out. My issue is because of that recruitment last summer and yeah, he was kind of forced into a lot of it by what was happening off the field. But he wasn't forced into giving two-year deals to players and I think that's left us in a, in a tough position because I think we've got players like Sam Graham who is absolutely clearly not up to it. A.D. White, who's played 11 league games, I think. I mean, it was so obvious that he was going to be struggling to, to get a lot of games in, given his his past. And um, I mean, I'm not a massive fan of Max Taylor either. So I, if he was out of contract, I'd be looking to move him on as well. And Luke, it's left us in a, a bit of a tough spot, hasn't it? Yeah, um, but that's kind of, that's that's a verdict to the players, isn't it? I think that I just wanted to make a point because I'm, I'm possibly in the minority, but I'd I would offer Dooley a new contract. I think he's had a, I think he's had a decent season, um, and I think he's been one of our better players this year. I think he's arguably top out of the players that we've got left, top three, one of the top three performers in my opinion. Um, but don't get me wrong, it won't be offering him a deal with the intention of intention of him being a starter next season. It'd be offering him a deal with the intention of him being very much a squad player. Um, but again, there's been so much change, and maybe that's why we I question the character and stuff because there's just been so much change in personnel. Sometimes it takes a while for a player to become affiliated with a club. Dooley has been with the club for a number of years. I don't necessarily think it's such a bad thing to still try and keep a core of players. Who are who are probably what I would call good eggs, um, and I also feel as though as a as an individual player, he can contribute as a squad player if we strengthen correctly in in midfield. Um, but you know, if you make an indirect comparison between Dooley and Kelly, second half of the season, Dooley's been twice the player Kelly's been. Yet, yet, Liam Kelly seems to have like fans, you know, madly kind of. You know, head over heels for him for some reason, and I, I don't, I don't see it um, necessarily. Well, I don't, I've not seen it in his performances in the second half of the season. That's for sure. 
Um, so I, I do think Dooley deserves deserves another year anyway. Well, well, let's let's stick with you on this one, Luke, because I think we had this chat on the way back from from Stephen the other day, albeit after a few beers. But for me, with Dooley, I've never been his biggest fan. I think I've made that quite clear on the podcast a few times because I just. I fail to see what he brings aside from kind of that sideways passing and keeping possession, which is important, but I don't think is enough in a two-man midfield. Um, and I think it was another question I wanted to bring up around Campbell, who got mentioned earlier, and, and Ryan mentioned that he, he stopped there once three defenders. But if you remember at the fans forum, he actually said he kind of felt like he was forced into playing three at the back due to the players that he had available in a way. Um, so I'm just wondering... Is that the best way to get the best out of this squad now? And will he look to sign players that fit into a different system next season? Because for me, I would keep Dooley if we were going to play a 4-3-3 and we had a ball winner and a, and a progressive ball carrier next to him. And and I, I feel like maybe the 4-3-3 would be a better way of getting the best out of the front three as well because they'd be able to get support from more than one of the midfielders. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess the question is... How how do you think we'll set up next season? Do you think he'll he'll stick with the three at the back, um, or do you think he'll he'll go back to trying to be more adaptable, like he kind of promised us at the start of the season? Uh, I think you've got to try and be adaptable. If I was second guessing what he's going to do, it's kind of like he signed players to change that formation, but we've kept it the same almost. You know, Campbell doesn't look like a target man, yet he's been used as one. Uh, an isolated target man at that as well. Um, and that's why I kind of say he don't look like a bad player, but he's not had a sniff because of the way we've played. When he, when he's played, it's just been isolated, kind of one up top, back five kind of job. So I'd like, I'd hope that he does go into the next season with a squad that is versatile enough to change it because that's what you might have to do for the course of the season. That That's what you might have to do you know, during a spell of games or or depending on the opposition that you're playing, you might need to have that flexibility to 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 kind of rotate the way in which you play and the way in which you set up. But I would like to see us go into a 4-3-3 next season. I just think the way we've played um the the, the formation throughout the second half of the season has just been extremely negative. Um and and it's kind of we've just lacked options moving forward up the pitch and we just find ourselves pinned back and you know, not being able to do very much with it. And then when we do get the ball, we're too kind of slow in transitioning through. Teams set up very well against us then because we're not quick enough. And then all of a sudden you're just playing in front of them. Um, so you're not really kind of achieving anything in in kind of the parts of the pitch where you might have overloads and and, and be outnumbering opposition. So um, I don't know. I mean, it depends on the personnel he brings in. But if he's going to bring in, if we're going to work towards a back four and say, for example, you're going to bring in a downing type player. We're then going to have to bring in pace around a downing type player. You know, it's about that, you know, what complements what in partnerships on the pitch. And again, it just goes back to the point that I was making on Dooley. I think Dooley's kind of versatile in these formations and in these roles. As a midfield two, he will be too weak, even if you have a monster next to him. I'm not suggesting we sign Dooley and play him in a 4 4 2. Uh, centre midfielder but I do think he does have something to offer so yeah um, uh, going back to a back four I think will help create options um, 
going forward. And I think part of playing the back five almost is because we've got someone like O'Connell at the minute who's so com- comfortable coming out of that back line and playing the ball forward that sometimes it's kind of, we've we've kind of kept it like that, maybe even because of O'Connell. We're not going to sign someone that's going to be as good as O'Connell on the ball as a defender. That's not going to happen. So we might as I'd rather have out and out defenders and have more attackers up the pitch. That is part of the reason why I'll be looking for that, for that four three three because I think this the five two three at the moment five three two whichever one it, it, it is I mean it either leaves us short in midfield because um, whoever's kind of the most advanced midfielder or that kind of link up where Conor Grant's been playing is kind of not doing enough to support the midfield whilst not really being enough striker. Um, and then, yeah, I think it's leaving us short both in attack and in midfield, to be honest with you. But I think Grant himself, Ryan, has been a bright spark in the last few weeks, scored a great goal in the win over Walsall. Um, it, there's rumours that there's a few clubs from League One and, and the Championship sniffing around him. But if we can keep hold of him, he will be an important player for us next season, won't he? I hope so. But we said about the end of last season as well. Um and he's yeah, he's proved to be at the end of this. Um he's playing really well. I think he's played well sporadically. I think the running the teams helped him. Um he's sort of stopped swapping and changing with side two as much. Um and Grant's almost been a constant and I think he's played really well and he's benefited from that. And it sort of makes you go, what would have happened if he had a run in the team earlier? Um but yeah, it's been really good and it wouldn't shock me if teams are looking at him. Um, and I've heard people say, how can they be looking at him? He's not played enough of it. Bill had been watching last season as well and he was excellent towards the end of last season for us, I thought. Um, he's another one who's pretty versatile. I think he's another one, if he played a midfield free, he could slot in there like he did last season. Um, he can clearly play off the left. He can play behind a striker, I think, as well. Um, so, yeah, really good player and, yeah, it if we can keep him aside early next season, he's still here. Um, yeah, I, I think he could be really valuable for us and vital for us going forward because he's adding goals now as well, um, which is important. Um, and I just think I've always thought he was a really classic player. I just thought he needed a needed a running running the team. Yeah, Chaff one man who unfortunately hasn't yet added goals um, to his Dale career is Luke Charman, but. He has looked threatening since coming in. For me, he's done more than Campbell, even though Campbell managed to get a couple of goals when he, he was playing. For me, he he's more of a threat going forward in terms of being able to, to keep the ball away from defenders, being able to turn and play nice passes in. And Yeah, there's something about him, isn't there? But it's a shame that he's not been able to get on the score sheet as yet. Uh, yeah, I've seen two sides of him, I think. I've seen the side that, that you've just mentioned there where he's... He's getting chances. Um, he looks a strong lad um, and he looks to, to link up the play. But then at Stevenage, he looked every bit a non-league player and a low-down non-league player. I thought he was awful. He didn't get in front of Scott Cuff, but once to get the ball, he was just a passenger. And I think that is probably where Stockdale's thought, do you know what? He, he's, he's not ready to be chucked in fully. Um, I think he's. I don't. I don't even think he'd before he'd be fully playing now if Campbell hadn't picked up that injury. Um, 
but there's definitely a player there. And I'm, I'll be very interested to see how we go about trying to get the best out of him. Um, and I think he does need, he, he needs to, to, to find the net uh, for his own good as well as ours. Because um, the, the longer you go without a goal, the, the tougher it becomes, I think. Um, but he's, he, he's evidently got something about him. There's a rawness to him. Um, he's not shy of getting involved at all. Um, and I think if we can if we can find a way of playing that can bring out and to create chances for him, I think he'll start taking them. Um, and I think we'll have a player on our hands. I don't for a minute think Campbell was brought in to be a target man at all. I think that was forced upon Stockdale when Josh Andrews was out injured. I reckon the plan was probably to play Josh Andrews a lot more than what we have um, with Campbell playing off him. Um, but evidently that that's not happened because Andrews picked up an injury and Charman wasn't quite ready yet. So that's why I think Campbell's played more of a target man role. And I think he's done all right as well. Um, and I'd be interested to see how we go about including both of them next season. I'd like to see um, if we can get Campbell and potentially even Connor Grant playing off Charman. Um, I think Connor Grant, I know Ryan said um, he can play in a three-man midfield. He can, but I don't think it's ideal for him because I don't think he's off the ball work is brilliant at all. I think on the ball, I think he's He's a bit of a magician, to be fair. There's not many better dribblers of a football at our level than, than what he is. And I think he's really come to the fore um, in the last few weeks. But in an advanced role, I think he's done really well. Um, and I'd like to see more of him as well next season. And um, yeah, in, but it's got to be in an advanced role. I don't want him really playing in the centre midfield. And going back to Luke about Stephen Dooley, there's nowhere on earth I'm offering him any sort of deal. I'm with you on this, Dean. He doesn't offer enough. Um, he doesn't add goals. He doesn't add many assists. He doesn't win the ball. Um, Liam Kelly's actually our best ball winner, um, which for me says an awful lot about Dooley. And as a as an option off the bench, I'm not sure what Stephen Dooley's going to do coming off the bench in any in any game. I can pass five yards and and with a fairly high success rate. But I don't see him being a game changer from the bench. So I, I wouldn't even keep him as a as a squad option if I'm if I'm honest. That's fair enough. I mean I can um I, I can get the what you're saying too. Um I mean, going back to the Campbell point, I think you're right as well around the intention with Andrews and whatnot, but the thing is that wasn't on because Andrew's got injured and change it. You know, don't don't persist with the same old isolation tactics um, because I think it's that kind of persistence that's led to led to us like running out of ideas and, and looking quite quite dire really when it comes to going forward. Um, yeah, my point on Dealey wasn't necessarily as a player, even as a as a kind of game changer as such. It's just more so someone to have around the squad to come in when there's injuries and go back out. Um, 
whilst also taking into account that he's been part of the club and, and you know for a number of years and I'm just conscious of the amount of change that's gone through the the entire football club little forms of stability where you can keep it is isn't such a bad thing um albeit obviously you think it is because you think he's a bad player but you know it's opinions for you in it yeah I agree with Luke I just want to touch on similar point the change in formation, not being able to play Andrews and Campbell was forced upon Stockdale, but playing Campbell as a target man wasn't forced upon him. Um, with teams all around the world who play a front three and don't play a target man, um, the best two teams in England do it. And I'm way back a million miles away from that, but it could have been utilised differently rather than playing 50 yards further forward than everyone else and having it, having it lumped up to him. I'm sorry, Luke. On if we can play a midfield three, I think Dooley could be useful because you need somebody who can keep the ball. And from what I've seen of Kelly, he likes the the luxury ball a lot, and he likes the killer ball a lot. So he doesn't keep it that often. Um, you're probably going to come out, come at me now with pass success rate percentage, but to me, he, he loses a ball more often than Dooley does, and it's frustrating sometimes because it's often backwards and sideways. I think every team needs a player like that. You know, that the player I was impressed with at Harrogate is Falkringham. He does that. That's all he does. Gets a ball, passes it sideways, gives it someone better than him. I think you need players like that. And I think Dooley's good at it. And I think he's been... This formation's not helped him. It's made him look a worse player than he is for me because he's in a midfield too and he's not been helped. Um. Your point there about um, Falkingham at Harrogate, I think he's twice the player Dooley is. I think he wins the ball back a lot more than what Dooley does. Um, my, my point is, I think players that can that can keep hold of the ball and um, keep it ticking over a, a ten a penny. Um, and I think you can get somebody in who can do that and a lot more um, and at least offer a little bit. Um, more defensively. Um, in terms of your pass completion rate, no, Stephen Dooley is the he's highest by some distance, I think, for pass completion rate. Um, a lot more than Kelly. Your point about Kelly trying killer balls um is he, right. And a lot of the time they don't they don't come off. Um, but I think his output in terms of um goal contributions um and sort of involvement in goals is an awful lot higher than than Dooley. So for for me, he he wins best off on on that alone. He's he's evidently a, a much better player, different player, I think, different and better. But <laughs> um, still not great. Yeah. Still, not, still yeah. not good enough. Still, still not very good. inconsistent at best. I would say. Um, just just a point on Kelly Kelly's past. Completion it's seventy eight percent, which is um, like pretty average. Not great for a centre midfielder. Udo's is better, for example. Um, mm. I think uh, part of that is that he tries to kill a ball, but also he's not that good at keeping it. His short passing is pretty poor. Like the amount of times that he's fluffed a pass to a fullback, particularly away from home, I feel like I've spent half the season watching him do that. Um, yeah, I, I think. I think you've, you've kind of convinced me again, Chaff, that, that, that Dooley is not worth a deal, though, because, yeah, I, I think he could be a handy player to have in a midfield three, but um, I, I want a player who can play in a midfield three or a midfield two and also someone who can 
if we're saying they're not good enough to start, which I don't think he is, someone who can come off the bench, like you say, and and, and make a difference. So, yeah, um, thanks for that, because I was starting to question myself when I was thinking, does Dooley deserve a new deal? But now I know, now I know uh, officially that he doesn't. Um, so... I think one one other player I wanted to touch on before we before we wrap up as well was Jerry Dorset. Luke, I'll come to you on him. Um, it looks like we've seen the last of him in the Dale shirt, perhaps. Unfortunately, he is out of contract, although I wouldn't be surprised to see League One clubs looking at him because in the second half of the season, he's been one of our better players, hasn't he? And it'll be a shame to see him go because it, it, watching him improve has been one of the, the highlights of the second half of the season, I'd say. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. He's, he's probably one of the weirdest players we've ever had, I think. Um, you know, it's it kind of comical at times. Um, but, yeah, you, you can't help but... You can't help but like him as a player and, and like how he's actually turned it around because there's been times this season where he's struggled a hell of a lot and um, I think he was quite fragile. It was almost like... Um, if he didn't start a game well, he, he he kind of struggled to recover from those from those games, and um, he's probably targeted by the opposition as as a weakness in in our defence. Um, but you know the the way he's come on, it, it's almost like it's almost like someone's just lit a fire in his belly. Um, he's become a hell of a lot more aggressive. Um, he's become a hell of a lot more kind of just wanting to win the ball back, and actually. Oh, it kind of always felt like he was just an individual within the team, whereas he, he kind of, I just felt as though, I don't know if it was almost like he felt as though he'd earned the respect from the team and he was almost a bit of a someone who actually had a responsibility to try and win the game on behalf of, of the rest of the team as well, rather than just kind of get the ball, play it inside to O'Connell as quickly as I can. Um, you know, he, he, he always looked like a bit of a jacket potato in front of him, didn't it? But um, yeah, he has come on leaps and bounds. He's been, you know, physically he's brilliant. Um, you know, the way he's actually recovered, um, you know, with some of his latch-ditch tackles and things like that. But I think a big difference is his positional players, in, you know, a hell of a lot more improved. And you're not seeing him have to kind of rely on his physical attributes as as much as maybe what we were earlier on in the season. So, you know, overall, I can kind of say I've enjoyed he, watching his development Um you know, and he's he's been a bit of a funny player, really, because you do get a bit of a buzz when he does do something quite good. Because you know, when he's on it, he's very much on it. And I think if he can find that consistency and continue to play with that level of aggression and concentration, I think you're right. I think he'll have a decent career. Um, and you know, this is the perfect kind of this is what the loan system's all about, isn't it? You know, Reading will be rubbing their hands together probably because, you know, the players developed with us where he's made all the all his mistakes with us, and um, so that's not cost Reading, that's costed us. Um, but this is just the way it works. You know, this is the the pyramid. This is how you know the law market works a lot of the time. But he's made all those mistakes and he goes back ten times the player he was that came to us. I I feel um, and a lot more ready for. Um, potentially championship football or maybe another low move to a bigger club than, than ourselves. Yeah, I think I've been one of the more critical people um, when it comes to Gerald Dorset. Um, he's improved a lot over the second half of the season. Um, the, the issue with him is there's no in-between. 
he's either an absolute man mountain or he looks like he's never played the game of football before. Um, and there's there's no sort of in between. He's not somebody, you, if you're going to play two at the back, you can't do it with him because you need you need a, a real ball player next year because he, I wouldn't want the ball within his control for more than a second. Um, I, I don't think he's... I've never seen anybody more uncomfortable with a ball at their feet than Joel Dorsett. But in terms of just basic defending um, and being strong in the tackle, um, interception, he's, he's, he's been superb this last part of the season. Um, he really has. Um, and yeah, there, there, there is a player there. Uh, I doubted that earlier in the season, but there is a player there. The technical side of it is something you can coach. So I do expect him to get better still. He seems like one of them players that, a little bit like Bazunu, where he's come to us probably a season earlier than what we would like to benefit us. Because obviously, like you've just said, he's going to go back to Reading um, with a, a, a full year's football under his belt, ready to take on the next challenge. Um, and... Yeah, that next that next move for him, if it's not with Reading, if it's for for example, if he goes to to League One, um, they'll get the best out of him. Whereas we've had to wait to get that. So I know it's how the loan market moves. It's it doesn't have to work like that. It's um, it, it, it it's a little bit annoying because I want the loan market to to benefit us um, for us to get somebody in who can play every game and improve the the side and I, I think that's I think he's done that in spells but I don't think he's done it for a lot of the season and I, I'll be honest I think we've used the loan market quite poorly in that respect so I don't think Cashman's offered anything um, beyond about November um, Andrews has been so stop-start in and out the side for injury um, illness and he's just not been able to get a run of games together um, the, only, the only one who's consistently good is, is probably Paul Downing and that's he's only played half the games as well um, so yeah I think our use of the law market's got to improve um, under, under Robbie um, but I think Go back to Dorset, yeah. Um, I will hold my hand up and admit that I probably judged him a little bit quickly. And just just going back to your point on um, playing him in the back in the back two, I felt the same as well with regards to kind of I thought we'd be too weak with um, say O'Connell and, and Dorset in in the back two. Um, but the bit about him having the ball at his feet, I think has been more relying in him in the back three. Because a lot of the time the ball will go out to Dorset and Dorset will have all the time in the world. Whereas I actually thought as though actually I, I I'd be confident with him in a back two. You know, if he was in if he was fit now, I'd be more than confident seeing him in a back two because I think he can hold his own and there's less emphasis on the ball playing side of it. Um so kind of yeah, I thought I kind of disagree a little bit around that because 
in a back three, I think he has saw a hell he, he would see a hell of a lot more of the ball the way we play in comparison to if we went to a back two. Yeah, I agree with that. I think we saw at times that, that teams kind of just let him have the ball, didn't they? They, they, they made sure that the outballs from O'Connell were shut off and allowed Dorset to have space. I think Scunthorpe away was the one that was staying in my mind and he didn't help himself by just kind of launching it aimlessly every time he got it. But I think in a back two, teams can't really do that, um, kind of give a player loads of space to, to, to play out from the back because it means there's more options further forward. Um, I think we will pretty much bring it to an end there. Right, I'm going to come to you for one question, because I feel like I've been quiet for a while. So, something kind of looking to head, to, head towards next season, as kind of the play, the person who's been most frustrated this year on the, on the podcast, I'd say, it, it, if you could name maybe two or three things that you would really like to see that you think would make the biggest improvements towards next season... What comes to mind immediately in terms of, you know, small changes that we can make to try and improve things and find that consistency next year? Um, There's more than two or three. (laughs) Um, It's really hard, that, because we need two or three players in every position, I think. Um. I don't really want to say something about one. Um, New manager, is that what you were going to say? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Absolutely what he was going to say. <laughs> well, well, rather than thinking about positions or players, what do you think the manager himself can do? What What would you like to see from the team next season that we haven't seen enough of this year? I'd like to see him do what he said he was going to do in his first fans forum. And I've said it on four or five occasions on podcasts now. He promised exciting football. We haven't seen it, so I want to see it. He promised that we would be adaptable and not stuck in a formation. We have been, and it's been shit. So that needs to change. Um, And he said that we wouldn't just pass for the sake of it. And we have done up until the halfway line, which is then when we launch it to a corner somewhere. Um, So... If he could do what he said he was going to do, that'd be that'd be a nice start, I think. I don't think it's too much to ask either. I don't say it. Well, fingers crossed he's got the players to be able to do it next season, mate, and we see a little a little happier version of you next next year. Um, Chaff, one one last thing before we move on to the game as well. I wanted to touch on um, the ongoing kind of fundraising for the legal battle that the trust and the directors are facing. It's been pretty amazing, hasn't it? over the last few weeks to see not only, you know, kind of building on on those uh, donations we were seeing from across the country in the first few weeks, and there's been more going on with the bucket collections at the games and the curry night and stuff. And it's just, I think in years to come, we'll probably look back on this season as the season that we'll remember for stuff off the field. Um, and, and that is going to continue over the summer. And yeah, it's, it's one real positive, isn't it, to come out of this season is to see the fans rallying together to try and, and fight off this, uh, well, the legal battles now that face us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's been... You, you see other clubs go through this sort of thing. It's the first time I can remember us going through this sort of thing. 
but I don't think I've ever seen a response to it like I was. Um, and that's not to criticise other clubs um, at all. Um, them in glass houses, can't throw stones, etc. But I think the way we've rallied round and got pretty much everybody singing from the same hymn sheet is nothing short of absolutely brilliant. Um, the work that the supporters trust um, have done and continue to do um, on a daily basis that goes unseen is magnificent. Uh, cannot be understated. Um, there are an awful lot of people behind the scenes doing an awful lot of work um, that people don't don't realise. Um, and the 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 way that the, the, the fan base has, has got involved with the bucket collections. Um, I know me, me and you have done them. We've, we've gone out and held the buckets. I did it away at Leighton Orient. Um, and other clubs' fans are, are, are helping out massively. Um, it's, it's great to see. You don't ever want to be in the position that we're in. Um, but I think the way that we've addressed it um, and fought it is it's absolutely magnificent. Um, it's not over yet. We need, we still need more, um, and we need we need a good outcome from this. Um, the best outcome possible is that they decide that, that it gets thrown out. Um, we and that we get a judge to have done nothing wrong whatsoever, and a certain former director and CEO becomes bankrupt. That would uh, that would be lovely. Um because that is nothing less than what he deserves. Um but the way that the, the club and the fans have rallied around it has been brilliant. It really has. And um it may need to continue a bit longer, but we'll do it. Yeah, well long long may that togetherness in terms of the off field stuff continue. Um because I think it, it can only aid everything that happens on the field in the long run, even if we haven't seen it consistently this year. Um, so we're going to finish with a game. It's going to be a slightly different one to usual, guys. So what what I've got, I've got a game of higher or lower. So I'm going to give you a player's name from the past. And I've got about 20 tabs open here of Wikipedia, former Rochdale defenders. So I'm going to give you a name. You're going to tell me whether... Uh, they've made more appearances or fewer appearances for Dale than the previous player that I've given you, okay? So, Ryan, I'm going to start with you because you're at the top and, and I'm going to warn you now, these could be very random, so there could be some really easy answers in there and some really difficult ones because I'm just going to pick one at random, all right? So, Ryan, the first player that's come to me is Mark Jackson. He made 24 appearances for Dale and the next person that's come to me is... Reese Bennett. So did Reese Bennett make more of your appearances than that? More. Yeah, that's right. So chaff. Reese Bennett made 110 appearances. And the player that you've got to go with is Ryan McLaughlin. Oh, I think that's tough, that one. Less. Yeah, quite considerably less, actually. Is it? He only made 50 league appearances for us. So Luke, your player is John Boardman. Did he make 
more or less than 50 appearances for Dale? Lower, Bruce. <laughs> Lower is correct. Yeah, 25. Uh, 25 bad you, right? And we have got Kevin McIntyre. Can Kevin McIntyre make more or less than 25 appearances for Dale? More? Yeah, more is correct. Kevin McIntyre made 38 appearances for the Dale. So back to you, Chaff. And our next player is... Oh, <laughs> uh, our next player is Jamie Clark. More, a lot yeah. more. Yeah, that's correct. Jamie Clark made 63 appearances. So over to you, Luke. And our next one is Harrison Maguire. Higher, Bruce. High is correct again. <laughs> Harrison Maguire made 99 appearances for Dale. Um, so we're over to you, right? And our next one. I've got to say, this is tough. Our next one is Marcus Holness. Higher or lower than 99? I bet he more competition there. It's, it, yeah, they're, they're only league competitions that I'm going off Wikipedia. They're only league appearances. 99. Um, fewer. Oh, incorrect. Do you know what? He actually made 99 appearances after joining us. But he made nine appearances in a loan spell for Oldham before that. So, yeah, 108 altogether. So, Chaff, over to you. 108 is the um, the score. And, oh, it's another tough one, this. Simon Ramsden, higher or lower than 108 appearances for Rochdale. It is a tough one, that. Fewer. Incorrect. <laughs> It was very tough, that mate. There was only four between them. Ramsden oh. made four more appearances in a Dale shirt. So Luke, Luke, it's finally happened. All it took was for us to change the game completely. For you to <laughs> I'm absolutely delighted for you, Luke. Uh, this is what it feels like to win. Wow. See how much it means. Wow. Excellent. Right. Okay, lads. Thank you very much for joining me, Chaff. Yeah, nice one. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Luke. Red panty night now, Dino. Nice <laughs> one. <laughs> and cheers, Ryan. Better luck next time, mate. <laughs> cheers, Dean. Catch you all next time. Well done, Luke. Hope the day. We don't seem to be able to to string two good halves of. Ah, sorry. What are you doing, you clown? <laughs> I, pre- I pressed the wrong button. Sorry. Don't agree that's, with that, you. That's, that's the answer again. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Don't need to silence me. Jesus Christ. Um.